Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stoltz. This is episode 344. In today's show, I'm answering a listener question about different limb lengths, squat and deadlifts hurting, and giving some advice on mobility, finding good movements for you, and even a little bit of anthropometry, or at least telling you how to how to read that kind of stuff. Um, if you guys have questions you want answered on the podcast, you can reach out to me through email, jordanstoltzfitness at gmail.com, just personal email address to shoot questions over to, or on Instagram, uh, it's at stoltzfit on Instagram, also on YouTube at stoltzfit, maybe a little hard to submit a question there, but that's where you can find me. I like answering listener questions on the podcast the most because I really at least feel like I'm helping one person directly, whereas a lot of times, if I'm just doing a topic, I feel like I'm just shooting in the dark a little bit. So the listener questions are great. Reach out if you have one. If you have one, probably other people do as well. So let's get started with today's show. This is episode 344 of the Triple F Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. All right, everybody, we're back with another another episode. Sometimes I get so fast on those intros, I get all tripped up and tongue-tied. Today, I'm answering a listener question, getting a little bit in-depth on some training topics, which is one of my favorite things to talk about, coming from the world of strength and conditioning and training myself and others and clients for a long, long time now. You know, I can say that. It's been, oh man, how long has it been? Personal training and online coaching combined, probably going back to about 2013, so seven years, not bad. Strength conditioning for three of those years, and nutrition coaching for two of those, just as my primary jobs. So getting around a little bit with the client relations, which is always very fun. Today I'm reading a question, this one's about... um, exercise and pain during squats and deadlifts specifically, I want to answer the question and also get into the weeds because this is something that if you're the one that asked the question, I will continue to talk to you about this if you want uh, through Instagram, which is where we're messaging. Uh, So if this doesn't help completely, feel free to reach out from there because I want to generalize things a little bit for the vast audience, right? To not be too specific of a problem, but I do think this will help. So the question goes like this. When I try to squat, I feel like my hips are off or one is slightly shifted. Do you have any tips on how to balance out the hips if they're shifted or what to do if it is hurting in one of my hips when I am trying to squat or deadlifts? So this is a good question. And squats and deadlifts hurting is actually pretty common. And a lot of it is to do with the super, super complicated technique that these lifts have, right? They're very compound movements, meaning there's a lot of joint angles going on. You're extending your hips, you're, you know, you're, you're extending your knees, you're doing all these different things, keeping your back tight, you know, doing something with your chest, your shin, everything has a job in one of those movements, whereas something like a machine lateral raise is just one movement. It's pretty simple. It's hard to get wrong. 
a squat and a deadlift, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. And I think that the unfortunate truth with this question is that this is probably something going on from the start. And I can tell you that one of the most, in strength conditioning, one of the most practiced and um, polished things, techniques, is just looking at an exercise, trying to find something wrong before something goes wrong, like out on the field, right? And something that is actually kind of common, at least in a squat, because actually a lot of strength conditioning coaches don't do deadlifts, but in the squat, that shift over to one hip is actually really common. And it's something that is pretty much just because of someone's dominant side. And it's very slight. It's not something that is really visible until it gets really bad. So you kind of see an athlete go down and you'll see just a little rock, right? You'll see a little rock to the right most of the time, for example. And, you know, I'm not saying yours has to be the right, but a lot of people's are to the right and they're going to rock to the side a little bit and then kind of go up and back to the center. So it almost looks like if you're drawing a line, a straight line of descent, a little bit over, like I'm talking a little bit, barely even visible, not visible from every angle, probably only from the back, a um, little bit of a shift and then up and back into the straight line pretty quick. So it's just like a little loop to get around where you're almost getting away from that one hip. So yeah, there, it's a common problem, and there's some things that uh, you can do to fix it, and it's easier to fix early on, unfortunately, because it's something that is kind of a habit, I guess you could say. It's something that you have a lot of muscle memory to. So the short answer to this question that isn't necessarily helpful is you kind of have to relearn those movements. Okay, so I would... If you are having pain in the movements and you're noticing some technique breakdown, you got to lighten the weight and you got to try to get more out of less weight. It's not all about load to achieve the benefits unless you are competing. So I was messaging and I said in my message on Instagram, I was saying, you know, this is different if you're powerlifting and if you need to squat and deadlift because sometimes these things I'm going to talk about today aren't an option. But if you're just wanting to be fit, strong, healthy, uh, you know, you just are doing the compound lifts for the sake of doing the compound lifts, which is great. Lighten the load. So the load needs to be less and you need to focus on the technique, film yourself doing it, have someone film you fight that shift. And I mean, you might be down to an empty barbell or even less a PVC pipe, a broom stick, um, just to do the movement. And probably lightening the load is also going to show you some mobility issues and this I can tell you firsthand because a lot of times the load is a kind of a way to cheat you into mobility and you might get what I mean, at least in a squat, where a heavier load kind of gets you deeper in the hole in a squat and it's easier to get there than if you had a broomstick on your back where it might feel pretty tight to get down in there. That's because the load just kind of weights you down and it's a weighted stretch, right? But you are going to be a little have to be a little more honest on your mobility, lighting the load a little bit. So lighten things up, focus on the form right? Having someone else look at your form, coach you through it, work on that problem is probably going to be the best way to do it. So that's the basic answer. That's only a little helpful because it's not really giving you ways once you see the problem to fight it and correct it because you can't just never make the load heavier, right? So I think it comes down to three things. It's the movement, it's your mobility, and it's the anthropometry itself. So 
anthropometry or limb length is the thing that you can't necessarily control. So I'm talking limb measurements, hip bone to ankle bone. Are those the same? And they're not in all people. Some people do have longer legs on one side than the other. And if that's the case, a squat and a deadlift probably aren't the best movements for you, which I'll get into in the next point. But maybe have a physical therapist look at this. Probably some chiropractors could look at it if you wanted to go that route. Um, but I wouldn't go a trainer or a coach for anthropometry. I would go physical therapist, sports doctor, something like that. And the other thing with anthropometry is it doesn't always mean, even if you have a leg longer than the other, it doesn't mean you can never do a deadlift again or something like that. It might just mean tweak the movement for your body. So there's a lot of variations of these same movement patterns, right? And unless you're powerlifting where you have to do a back squat and you have to do a conventional deadlift, you have options. You can, for example, me, um, deadlifts, I do sometimes, very rarely, I'm talking once a month, <laughs> I do deadlift, but I do poles a lot. And I'll do RDLs all the time, at least once or twice a week, some form. And I'll do rack poles or deadlifts off of blocks. So I'm just shortening the range of motion a little bit. The load goes up a little bit, focusing on what I want to focus on. It feels better on my body. That's getting into the movement side of things, but that's also anthropometry, right? So, for example, pulling sumo for me feels terrible. Pulling conventional feels really good because I have super long arms. And that's just the way I am. So, essentially, you just need to maybe try different tweaks in your form on those actual exercises, right? If you're a low bar squatter, put it up on your traps instead of in your mid-back. You probably have to lighten the load quite a bit. Try a front squat. Try a safety bar squat. And sometimes one of those will feel way better. And you won't notice that shift because you're kind of playing into your strengths a little bit that way. So that's number one. Number two, kind of carrying on through that, is the movement itself. And it might not be right for you, right? I did an episode a while back about why not everyone has to do squats and deadlifts. And again, if you're competing, this doesn't apply to you. If you're competing, focus on the mobility and the anthropometry that I'm going to talk about. But other people, just after muscle gain, fat loss, being in shape, being strong, being healthy, you don't have to do these movements, and there's lots of good alternatives. So in general, you should be finding movements that are good for you that you actually don't have to load up crazy heavy. Um, you don't have to risk injury, essentially is what I mean by that. And you're able to get a good stimulus from so a stimulus to maintain muscle, grow muscle, increase strength, um, if that's what you want to do. Unless your goal is to increase strength on those movements, then you should, probably should do them. Otherwise, you know, find, don't be lazy. Don't be doing the leg curl only because it feels better than deadlifts. But maybe an RDL feels a little bit better for you. Maybe a single leg deadlift with a dumbbell feels better for you. Maybe... Uh, good mornings feel better for you. All those things are hip hinges for squats, right? Maybe a leg press feels better for you. A hack squat machine, um, a front squat, safety bar squat, something like that. You know, maybe those feel better and it's okay to mix it up and it's okay to try different things and go away from those movements, right? Maybe you just have an injury and even going away from that movement just for a little bit of time, one block of training will do the trick. I've seen that happen. Basically, though, even though you're adjusting the movement for you with this specific problem in your question, so shifting of the hips uh, and you're actually noticing that 
that shift, right? And that imbalance, you need to do some unilateral work. And that's the, kind of the weakness of squats and deadlifts a lot of times is that you're not doing the unilateral work, right? So for example, um, I guess I don't need to use an example. I mean, I would use like a squat as an example for almost everything. So it's kind of making it tricky for me. But if you had one arm weaker than the other, you would probably need to train them separately, right? To have one catch up to the other. When I was uh, 12, I broke my arm trying to film a action movie on my parents' farm with a golf cart as the car chase automobile and jumped out of the golf cart to do a stuntman tuck and roll type thing and landed right on the arm and broke it. A couple surgeries later and, you know, fast forward all the time I had my cast on all summer and the cast came off. It was this nasty, skinny, pale, hairy arm, right? And, and didn't smell too good either. And it took a lot of time to build that up. Not that I was weight training at 12 years old necessarily, but I even noticed it when I started over, you know, when I was maybe 16, 17, 18, even into my 20s, noticed that that arm would lag behind on a lot of different things. And it's just recently that it caught up and it takes a lot of unilateral work in everything because I did, you know, the classic unilateral work with one arm tricep work, one arm bicep work, but it goes further than that. It's doing the compounds focusing on the one side. For you that might be Bulgarian split squats, lunges, reverse lunges, um, you know, maybe single leg deadlifts, something like that, single leg leg presses, trying to match the strength in both. For me, it was upper body, so it was doing things like single arm dumbbell presses overhead and for the bench press to try to even things out. And evening that out actually helped my performance a lot in the bilateral movement we're using both limbs again so do the unilateral work it might be a little bit um, harder to load that's kind of the benefit of the bilateral work is it's really easy to load right a deadlift you just keep putting on more weight single leg deadlift pretty annoying to load but you can improve the strength of your legs and your hips and your glutes one at a time and that's probably what you should do so Focus on that unilateral work. The next thing is the mobility, and there's a lot of different aspects to this. And I researched this a little bit, looked into my own notes and textbooks and things like that because I wanted to make sure I was um, kind of connecting everything right in my mind. And really, it's going to come down to the hips of the ankles. I'm wanting to simplify it a lot. Um, it's going to come down to the hips of the ankles. And remember, I don't know if you remember because I don't know if you listen to every episode, but I always talk about how you need to mobilize and strengthen at the same time, and that mo mobility isn't only stretching, that's also strengthening. So if I say you have tight hips, you also need to strengthen glutes, right? And if I say you have uh, you know, tight, tight uh, hamstrings, maybe you need to train your glutes or your quads a little bit more. It's all about this this uh, dominance of the muscle group type thing. So you need to strengthen one, stretch the other. For you, for this problem, for painful squats and deadlifts, it's probably going to come down to the glutes, honestly. Strong glutes are always going to help you do some glute isolation. You know, you might get funny looks at first in the gym, but it's going to help. Trust me, you can do it at home. Um, I'd say the feet and the glutes would be the thing. So 
foot strengthening seems kind of annoying, but it'll go a long way. Um, even just having bare feet once in a while will help, but do things like trying to pick up stuff with your toes, uh, things like that are also going to go a long ways. Uh, and then the glutes, of course, most powerful muscle in the body. Do not ignore those. But past those strengthening, you need some hip and ankle mobility, most likely lighten the load once again. And you might be surprised at how bad those movements feel with a lighter load, especially the squat. The deadlift typically isn't as much of a mobility issue. It's just a little bit of technique breakdown as you get heavier. So it is going to come from probably the same places though. And I think that the squat problem is more likely causing the issue than the deadlift. I think that the squat is probably the thing that's really diagnosing this mobility issue. And it's only going to help your deadlift to improve your squat. Um, anyways, your hips and your ankles, uh, squat test is something I try to do often. Shouldn't, yeah, I should do more and I don't do enough. Essentially what a squat test is, is 20 minutes sitting in the bottom of a squat, relaxed. Can you do it? Can you complete it? And I try to do this once a week, but I sometimes don't do it every week. I got to admit sometimes it's once or twice a month, but it is helpful and it helps keep you honest. Once again, um, what I like to do is I like to get a big resistance band, loop, loop it around something strong, and then kind of put that on uh, like your waistband above your butt. So you're kind of sitting back in the band a little bit. That just kind of helps you not get so tired sitting down there in the squat. So you're not doing like a wall sit for 20 minutes, but get down in there. Even if you are just accumulating little two minute blocks, taking a rest, you know, doing that 10 times, just getting that practice in that position is going to make a huge difference with your mobility. It made some of the biggest difference to me just doing that for my hip mobility than any other fancy stretches. And I tried a lot of them over the years, a lot of different tools. And one of the best things ever was just sitting in the squat uh, and doing it more often. The next one is the couch stretch. You might have to look that one up because it's really hard to describe, but essentially you're stretching your hip flexor and your quad um, by putting, by elevating your ankle up on the couch and your knees on the ground. That one you might need to Google as well as the combat stretch, which is an ankle stretch. So those are three tests you can do and three drills you can do to improve yourself. I would say that a difference maker for me, and I didn't have the shifting hip issue, but what helped my squats feel a lot more sturdy was doing some side planks before squats. And that's just because you're really activating the adductors during a side plank. And I think that I have a theory that that can go a long way. So give that a shot. You never know if that was a simple fix as that, you know, you would be glad you didn't have to do the 20 minute squat drill all the time to get there and, you know, take a step back in your training, but all those things are going to be helpful. And that's kind of the point is that it's going to be maybe a long journey, honestly, and your best bet for continuing your training and having it be effective as you go forward is to either switch up your movements, focus on unilateral stuff, um, or just lighten the loads and see if it fixes the problem of technique breakdown. Most likely there's some technique breakdown somewhere along the line here. Most likely it's been happening for a long time and it's just now getting worse and painful. And if it's at this point, you should definitely stop. I don't think you should push through. The mobility journey is more of a long journey. I would say that's going to take a while, probably a couple months to at least see some good progress there. And that's consistent a couple months. The other ones will be almost instantaneous 
where if you switch to a different squat or deadlift variation for a while, do some unilateral work, lighten the load, those things are going to go a long way. And of course, maybe see a physical therapist or sports doctor, someone that can actually measure your limbs because maybe there is something going on there that is a serious explanation for this. So anyways, long-winded answer, very interesting question. Um, The point for anyone to take from this is to really pay attention to your form as you go. Form always comes first. Mobility shouldn't be ignored. And really, the movements aren't for everybody, right? For me, a front squat feels amazing for my the way my body is built. Back squats always hurt, to be honest. They never feel great. And my, part of that's mobility. Part of it's just that my body's not built as well for that. I can't stay tall. I am a little bit tighter. It feels grindy, if that makes sense, going down in a back squat. Front squats are a different story. I could do those every day, you know, it, and almost no warm-up. And I can just drop right in a front squat. Not a problem. Um, there's different movements for everybody. And... You need to find the ones that work for you. And I can't tell you what works for you because I don't really know your training specifically. But definitely, definitely important to experiment and learn things. And I would say that it's actually really good, the person that asked this question, that you notice that. Because I would say a lot of times, especially in athletes, it comes down to an injury outside of the gym and then it's starting to go back as a coach and see, oh, look, see this and your squat, you're shifting into the hip. You're probably weak on that left side. Time to do some unilateral work once you recover. It's a lot longer process if you actually got hurt. So it's good you caught that. And I think that it's a valuable lesson to everybody to pay attention and learn from your training. Let your training be a guide to how your body moves and operates, not just a way to get better and more muscular. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me. Next episode, I'll be talking about the worst foods for losing fat, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that episode on Friday. Have a good one, everybody. Once again, if you have a question for the podcast, you can reach out reach out on Instagram at StoltzFit or through email jordanstoltzfitness at gmail.com. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on On fitness, fitness, food, and and freedom. freedom.